Welcome to the Life Links Podcast, a Latina podcast for the modern cultura. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, Ruana, California native, structural engineer, mother, and your amiga for all things Latina. Here we honor the women who navigate multiple cultures, both aquí and allá, and somewhere in between, providing that safe place for you to speak your truth. Celebrate la cultura and find belonging in this comunidad. Join us every Wednesday on your favorite streaming platform to listen to your new amigas as they share their journeys of lessons learned, barriers they overcame, and the joys of living life with pure authenticity. Encuentras your voice and discover the life meant for you. Hola, chicas. Here you are in Season 5 of the Lifelings Podcast. We just celebrated our 100th episode and our second year anniversary in the same week. Totally unplanned. And for those of you who know, and I know all of you know, that is just the way the universe works when you're on your intended path. So I feel like we're going in the right direction. This is what I'm here to do. This is where I'm here to stay. Gratitude for all the love and good wishes and felicidades that you sent my way. I tell you, it makes all the difference. And so grateful for all of you who did it in person. For as much as the universe shows us its love, there is absolutely nothing more beautiful than sharing it with each other. And the amiga we have on today is all about that human connection. She was born to inspire and support Latina entrepreneurs towards their big wins. You can feel her energy and joy just come over the airwaves and soak into your heart. Claudia Valenzuela is a first-gen Latina entrepreneur living in Seattle, Washington. She's the daughter of Mexican immigrant parents, a world traveler, an educator, and a coffeeholic. And you'll hear so much about that, except we forgot the shout out for her cafecito place. But the travel, ah, you'll be packing your bags. She started her entrepreneurship journey in 2019, and today she is a business coach, helping first-gen Latina coaches break free from their biggest mental blocks so they can make more four-figure sales in their coaching businesses. In her free time, she loves all things travel, fitness, and spending quality time with family. You can find her on Instagram at claudiavalenzuela.flores, where you can see all the amazing places she was during her digital nomad days and listen to all the empowerment reels in her stories that will just pick you up and get you going. You can also find her on her website, at firstgenlatinaceo.com. That's first with the number one, S-T, genlatinaceo.com. And all those links will be in the show notes and in the article tagged in the show notes that you'll find on our website at lifelinks.com. And like always on this podcast, you get to know the real mujer who thrives on the happiness of her inner niña. Because from there... All successes and riches come. We are getting the true person behind the stories, behind the successes, behind the businesses, first things first. 
So come along and meet your new best amiga, your comadre, and find belonging in this comunidad where we speak our hard truths to get them out of our heads and into your hearts in a very safe and loving environment. Welcome to the show, Claudia. So great to have you with us and appreciate you spending your time with us. Thank you so much for having me, Consola. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it was exciting learning about you through your Instagram account. Before we get into how that all started, let's hear a little bit about your family heritage and your story. Set the tone for us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the daughter of Mexican immigrant parents, and I'm the oldest of three girls. I do have an older brother. Oh. Um, so there's four of us. And both of my parents are from the same state in Mexico. And my great-grandparents, like the whole lineage is down in Mexico, down in Durango State. And my parents were the ones who migrated over here. And my parents, they were going back and forth a lot. So, for example, my brother was born in Mexico, and then I was a second newborn. I was born in the USA. My sister, the third one, was born in the USA as well. And then my baby sister was born in Mexico. So it's funny when people are like, oh, where were you guys born? And we all say different parts, different places, different countries. Um, so that is a little bit about me, my family, my lineage, my heritage, just, just a little surface of it. Like a little sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so have you ever lived in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my story is very interesting because I always have like um, questions about where I was born, how I was raised and whatnot. And yes, I did get to live in Mexico. So I was born here in Washington state. Um, and then I, my parents then migrated back to Mexico, which is where I was up until I was seven years old. So I was there oh. from like toddler age up until seven. I went to kinder in Mexico. I went to first grade in Mexico. I remember um, putting on my uniform. That, that's mm -hmm. the only time that I ever had a uniform um, in Mexico. I remember walking over to my grandma's house in my little ranchito um, and oh. then like walking over to school, the cows, the donkeys, the chickens, the roosters in the morning. Like I, cause I grew up in a very, in Mexico, like in a very tiny, tiny, tiny ranchito. I believe it has like under 1,000 people. When I was seven, that's when my family migrated back to Washington State and I started second grade here. And that was a whole culture shock being in a class where I didn't know any English. And I was like, what, what are they talking about? What's going on? And um, that's where my journey started of like, okay, I'm living in the States now. This is a whole different life. That is big, though. That must have been really hard on you for being just a young little one and just being put right back into school. But you managed to do it extremely well. Uh, sounds like you're a self-learner, self-starter. Yeah. Um, but it must have been hard. What and was the community like where you lived? Was it? So it was very helpful that where I ended up living, which is now my hometown where I then grew up, oh. it's also very tiny. So a lot of people know everybody. <laughs> and it, it has a high population of Latinos. So that was awesome. Um, getting to put in classroom where majority of kids looked like me. No teachers looked like me. All teachers to this day are majorly Caucasians. So I, I do remember just in a way, yes, it was hard to like 
be in a new place to make new friends. But at the same time, the friends that I was making, I could speak Spanish with them. So that, that awesome. was so cool. That was just yeah. like very, very helpful as, as a kid. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you had that whole Latina culture with you. And so there was no differential inside, outside the home. Uh, yes, you're in America, but it felt very familial. Yeah, I definitely grew up feeling this strong sense of like having my Mexican roots in me. Like, I feel like a big part of it is because I got to live in Mexico. And when I came here, I've like out of all my siblings, I'm always the one blasting Mexican Spanish music left and right. <laughs> I grew up with all the novelas. I grew up with <laughs> yes. like El noticiero, Univision, I like all of that. My culture growing up was so rich in my own Mexican mm-hmm. culture. Um, so that definitely like stuck with me. And then yeah. as you grow up, um, English started, at least for most kids or my experience, English starts becoming like the dominant language. And um, I started kind of like losing the dominance of my Spanish kind of going mm. like Spanglish and forgetting some words in Spanish of how to like say oh. certain words to my parents. So because I yeah. was so like, I love my, my culture. I love my language. When I went to college, I majored in Spanish, which is where I got to dive back into, um, really learning more about even how to write it with accents. I didn't know how to write Spanish with accents. I just remember the little numbers and colors when I was like a little girl, but like, oh, I never sure. accents. Right, right. I, I started increasing my vocabulary because I put myself in a space where it was required to speak Spanish in classes. I'm like, perfect. Like I want to awesome. be able to speak it in my community, not just like inside my home or with like Spanglish. Like I want to learn how to have a conversation in Spanish, being able to fully express myself the way I want to. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like my culture, my Mexican roots, I'm a loud and proud Mexican girl. And, and <laughs> you know, the DNA is what it is. It yeah. pulses really hard if, if it's in you, just like color of your hair, color of your eyes. You know, the depth of your culture is, is really dominant. You can't deny it. And, and you feel out of sorts if you're separated from it. Yeah. So then... It sounds like you carried this culture all the way through into university. You went to the University of Washington. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And so you get in there and you're majoring in Spanish. Were there a lot of people studying Spanish? And it sounds like they were ostracized uh, <laughs> from the school system all the, <laughs> all this other time. What yeah. was it like? Yeah. Oh, that was that was hard. I'm a small town girl who grew up in a small agricultural farm town where majority of uh, the population there are Latinos. And then mm. I, I feel like I grew up under a rock because I thought that that's how it was everywhere. Oh. I outside much of my little small town. Right, right. So then when I moved to Seattle after graduating high school at 18 years old, I hit the yeah. big city, which is the biggest city here in Washington. It's Seattle. I get into this university and I look left and right And I was like, where are my brown people? I feel like I'm the only one here. Like, what is going on? So that was like a big culture shock. Um, Yeah. Went into a classroom, for example, my freshman classes, some of them got up to like 700 students in a classroom. And for someone to walk in, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the size of my high school. Like, what? Um, Oh oh my gosh. 
the University of Washington has such a small percentage of Latinos. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, when I was there, I think the Latino population was around 6% of Latinos of the whole campus. And out of that 6%, I believe 3% were Mexican. So so if, if our campus has about like 40,000 students, oh my gosh. So like where, yeah. <laughs> you know, 3% or 6% of Latinos. Um, but thankfully there were resources and programs that helped me find a community on campus. It felt like a home away from home um, where okay. I got to find my Latinos and like hang out with them and go to bailes with them and like speak in Spanish with them. And a lot of them, I found them in like my Spanish classes. So that was so cool. It was um, classes for like native speakers. And so we were all sharing the similar experience of being like first gen and being Latinos on campus, that culture shock, really understanding what we wanted to do with um the skills of Spanish that we were learning, which was for me at least to like help my community and connect deeper with them by keeping my Spanish strong and alive. And that's actually what led me to do different study abroad programs in different like um, Spanish speaking countries and start learning just more about the richness of our whole Latino community. That can spiral into a lot of other things, but yeah, that's a little bit about my college life. Okay. Well, that sounds like it's the basis of your entire life, though, because yeah. <laughs> you, you're coming from small town in the state of Durango. You're coming from small town on the eastern side of Washington, and yet you hit the big city. Do you think it was that finding that little niche community, the resources that the um, university provided, perhaps, that really helped keep you there? Because yeah. I would feel like if it was that, again, huge culture shock, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, nope. I could see where people would want to go, nope, I'm going back home. Oh, my God. Was, was that a thing? A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. If, if there weren't that community or those resources, um, I would be like, who can I speak Spanish to? Who can I talk about my family with? Or, like, <sighs> the, the culture shock that I'm going through and things like that. And if I didn't have that, I think I wouldn't have gone through or got graduated from there mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but thankfully because that was set in place I was like I have my community here on campus like I I know it's a big university but I'm there's ways to make it small I love how you say that you can make it small like and I think that's where we really encourage you know, everyone who comes here and our listeners that this is how we help you make it small like you miss the community. You miss being able to share your stories with people who understand to the point that they're like, oh, no, wait a minute. You know, versus everyone else just being, oh, that's nice. It's like, no, really, it's not nice. <laughs> you, know? Yes. you know, you need someone to understand. Like, no, no, listen, that's not nice. <laughs> so I know your whole story, but we're going to share it with the listeners here <laughs> as we go. But you must have had this adventurous, curious personality to begin with. So... Do you remember when you felt like, you know, I kind of like this big city, this big life. I think I'm going to try this big world. Was there a moment or did you just keep going, I wonder, I wonder, and your curiosity took over? There was definitely a moment. There was definitely <laughs> a moment. I'm going to share that. Um, <laughs> yes, it was during my freshman year of college where I started getting that curiosity that you're speaking of, of like, oh my gosh, like there's this whole other world outside of my little ranchito. Like there's <laughs> what? Like I literally started seeing how 
I can explore more, do more, and have more freedom because growing up in a household of two strict Mexican parents, yeah. when I was 18, I was ready. I'm like, I need, <laughs> I feel like Never coming home again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I am ready to go. Like, I am mm-hmm. ready to have that and like spread my wings and not feel controlled. Like, I have yeah. a lot of power. Yeah. Um, so that first year really that's sparked a lot of curiosity of me like what else is out there what can I do and the thought of traveling the world never really entered my mind my freshman year I, my brother who he went to the same university he would tell me hey Claudia you should study abroad and I was like what is that and he's like oh you know like when you go to another country and you take classes abroad there's this program coming up and I'm like um, no, thank you. Like I wasn't interested. I turned it down. I was like, what do you mean? It just didn't make sense in my head, like how that can work. And I guess I wasn't curious enough to dive into it. I don't know. I just didn't have any prior knowledge about it. Thankfully, my brother kept insisting and insisting. Like my brother's trying to get rid of me. Why does he want to keep pushing me into another country? <laughs> yeah. And then sophomore year came and he kept insisting Hey Claudia, look at this program. Um, it's it's in Tahiti. It's one month. It's a <gasps> summer. It's life changing. It's like it's very selective to be able to like go off to like this Tahiti study abroad program. I um, I got a spot to go, and that was the turning point of my life. To this day, I'm like that trip changed my life. I ended up going to Tahiti to study abroad. I was there for a month. And for the first time at 21 years old, I saw a beach. I (gasps) swam at a beach. I got to taste what salt water was like. Um, I got to snorkel. I didn't even know what that was. I got to learn and hear another language. I had never heard any other language outside of like English or Spanish. And over there, they speak French and they speak Tahitian. And I was like, what? So like I was, it was a massive, beautiful culture shock of like, this is out here. Like, my goodness. And interacting with the locals, getting to see how other people live on the other side of the Mm. world was Mm -hmm. mind blowing. The way they saw life, the, the way they carry themselves, the way they have different values. I started seeing the USA in a different light. I started seeing my life in a different light. And I was like, I can do more. I can live however I want. I shape my own values. I can, wow. And I just started having an extreme amount of curiosity for the world, for how other people live across the world. And I came out of that trip a completely different person. And so I ended up going another study abroad program to Ecuador. And then um, junior (laughs) year, I ended up making that a little bit longer or my study abroad longer into a whole quarter. I went off to Rome for a whole quarter. I was in Italy walking down the streets with the cobblestone, drinking Mm. cappuccinos, having my gelatos, pasta Mm. left and right. was another world as well because it's Europe it's like wait what you know I got to be in the Pacific Ocean and then I got to be um in South America and then I went off to Europe and I was like my goodness I continue to be mind blown I continue to feel like this is such an enriching experience for me and getting to speak with locals I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I've loved being able to connect with people on the other side of the world 
in such a deep way, even though you just met them as a stranger. But the, the mm-hmm. human to human connection is so mm-hmm. beautiful. And senior year came around and I was like, okay, I want more and bigger. <laughs> so um, I, there was a study abroad program for a whole semester. So that, that was a little bit more like, oh, this is oh, okay. Like I'm stretching <laughs> it a little bit. I'm going to be away from home for six months. Like, oh. how um, but I was like, I'm ready. I want to do this. And that program was in Spain to complete my Spanish credits. Um, oh. And I took off and now that was another big point in my life that completely changed my life 180 because everything that happened after that was was thanks to this Spain trip I ended up going and staying with a host family and I got like I got to see how they lived how what they did in their mornings how their Hmm. siesta was how they have like their work life balance how they are hanging out in the plazas all the time and (laughs) and cafecito and una cervecita here and there (laughs) they go about their culture and i'm like oh my gosh and they spoke spanish so for me to be there and be able to like really immerse myself in my spanish culture and be able to like fully fully communicate and travel across all of Spain but also backpack through Europe and oh, it was just like so life-changing I I made very deep connections with friends with my host family and I wanted to continue that relationship and friendships with the people that I met I found um a job and I went off to Spain for two years. It was a two-year contract where I was um, a cultural ambassador and teacher assistant. And that was, wow, such a time of my life being out there for two years. And I got wow. placed um, and in the same area that I studied abroad in in Spain. Mm-hmm. So then I got to live in the same city, which is called Cadiz, which is the oldest city in Spain. It's very charming, very beautiful. And it's a small enough for you to just walk everywhere and the beaches are all there my host mom was there everybody was there and I was like this is life this is amazing because the life is so different I feel like here in the USA on the go 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 we're we're inside or we're in a car or we're in an office and then we we kind of repeat the processes but over there it was like I I was always outside I was out drinking a coffee I was out at the beach Mm -hmm. I was out at the plaza like every day life was just so different and then after my two-year contract was over I was like oh like oh my gosh okay well now it's (laughs) the states what am I gonna do like fun times over like (laughs) have to get real life now exactly like oh back to quote unquote that real life like even um, though you've been living this great life for two years in spain that wasn't yeah. real life <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when i came across entrepreneurship i had no idea what that was no one in my family was an online coach online entrepreneur none of that um this was back in 2019 when i came across you know being able to start an online business it was challenging. It was tough. It, when it comes to entrepreneurship, we have like the the big roller coaster journey. Mm-hmm. But it did allow me to um, quit my job a year later oh, wow. and, and go full time as an entrepreneur to start traveling the world. So I became a digital nomad. I started taking my work to other places um, in different countries and. 
and I'm a business coach. I'm like, okay, like I am here to listen, to, to help you, to guide you, to support you, to strategize with you. Like, and mm-hmm. being able to have all of those passions put into one has been incredible. What is it that makes you feel secure that you can do this? Especially yeah. never being an entrepreneur before. Yeah. So when I came across how to start an online business in 2019, um, I, I didn't know anything about it. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm going to dive into it. I'm gonna learn. We can learn. We can learn things. Our brains are incredible and yeah. I'm going to find a way. And I um, started looking into like more of the general things like what is an online business? Okay. Like it means that I can create a business, be a coach, set my own schedule. There's no cap to how much I can make. Step one, I don't know what I'm doing, but I have a coach. Step two, <laughs> I still don't know what I'm doing, but I, I feel like um, others around me that are starting with me don't know what we're doing yet, but we're learning, we're growing, we have support, we have a coach. Step three, oh, okay, I, I understand what I'm doing now. Okay, step four, got it. Like I'm nailing it. I'm understanding things. And then as the stages go up, you, I started getting more confident, more skilled, more everything. I was like, this is, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, it felt like in a way starting college all over again. I'm just learning a mm-hmm. skill set. And, and yeah. once you learn that, it's like ready to execute. I'm ready to put it out there. And you feel confident the more you practice it. So I practice every single day with my learnings, with asking questions, with taking action um, and really seeing my business grow that way. Wow. No, that's powerful. I love how you led us through that because a lot of times people who have done this and are successful, they just don't tell you all those little steps in between unless you pay them like $350. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so even being told like, oh, this is the process. And yes, I was learning, I was learning, I was learning. And just to be told or hearing you say that it's okay. Yes, that this is how you advance. This is how you get to your goals is you're going to be learning. It's okay to start off slow and stumbling and not know but you're by going like you say melding all your passions together and doing this so young because you just turned 30 and you did it so beautifully it's so exciting you're taking this business online around the world with you and that's how I found you on your account was you had all these beautiful oh my lord experiences around the world what was your favorite place? What did you love oh my out, gosh. Of, out of that? Was there yeah. a favorite? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, my favorite place, hands down, because I spent the most time here, because I have my friends there, because I see mm. my host mom as like my grandma, um, as a mother figure, it, it, it's Spain. It is Spain, yeah. specifically Cadiz. It is so charming. It is where I, I feel so welcomed. It is that warmth. It is yeah. that attraction to the one. I mean, you're a people person. I'm a people person. We mm-hmm. love people in general, but there's something about that draw that's that yeah. is tied throughout your community life. Like you have always found your nuggets of really amazing and powerfully supportive people, mm-hmm. um, which is just compounding where you're taking your life right (laughs) because after all this amazing solid professional life 
And you're just now turning 30 and you have always been through um, communities throughout the world. What are you doing now? Oh, yeah, that's another stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're 30. <laughs> I was just like, pace yourself, woman. Pace yourself. <laughs> I hit my my 30th birthday and I had a lot of reflection going on around like, okay, what do I want to do next? How do I want to go into my 30s? And something that is very special to me is like that human connection that I was speaking to you about and that I'm an educator at heart and that I'm very passion led. And I was like, okay, I know I love my business and I love working with my Latina entrepreneurs because that's who I serve online. I'm a Latina business coach for first gen Latina coaches. Um, and I love building that connection. And I was started thinking of like, I want this, but also in my community. I want to go in my community and give my little piece of empowerment and my and share my voice and share my story and empower other youth and empower students the same way I was empowered to change their lives. I want to serve my community in person. I want to be mm. out there. I want to speak to youth. I want to share my story. If a little girl from a tiny town who's a first gen was able to go through these stages in her life, all because she dreamed big and all because she believed that she could, like, why can't they? A lot of the times our first gen kiddos or um, migrant immigrant families, they, you know, they grew up with fear or like lack of hope of what they can do or lack of resources or lack of information. And so that's so important for me to be able to go out there and share that with them. It's not easy to follow your passions. Mm -hmm. it, challenges and barriers come up. Imposter syndrome comes up. Que va a decir la gente comes up. Oh, but huge. I like to just break mm -hmm. from those barriers and just go for it. Like, I got one life. I'm young. Why not? Let, let's, mm -hmm. let's see what else the world has to offer. And yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations on all of this. It's like, congratulations. Just struggling through it and just... The way you can let it roll off and not sit heavy on you, that the fear or the what ifs or the, yeah, que va decir la gente is a huge one. Um, I have a lot of questions <laughs> to <laughs> wonder how you did it when it came to your parents, because mm. I had a strict mother. <laughs> Latina mothers are something. Um, yeah. I was, yeah, I wasn't allowed to leave the state when it came to school. That, that was one thing. What did you say that was okay with your parents to let you go to Tahiti by yourself with older people that they don't know? That was always a thing. And if there are boys in the group, oh, hell no. <laughs> how, yeah. how did that conversation go down? Yeah. So I love that you asked this question. Um, so when Tahiti came about in my life in college and in my sophomore year, that was a perfect excuse. It's like my brother went and y'all let him. Uh -huh. you, you, you cannot t say no. Like, oh, but um, they can. I'm <laughs> because you're the daughter. That's, exactly. that's a whole different story of what's going to happen. A whole story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've always been more on like, I'm going to state the facts and mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyways type of thing. Mm -hmm. so, and the only one that I did give him a, a nice big heads up was for Spain because it was a whole half a year being yeah. away. 
And so I do remember. By then, they were like, oh, there you go again. Uh-huh. Okay. Like they, were, they were already used to it. And also when I got the job for two years in Spain, I also gave them a heads up. I do remember my dad saying, why are you going to work in another country when you can work here? Mm-hmm. He asked me that so many times. Mm-hmm. And, be, you know, he just, he he didn't get it or still doesn't probably. Um, but then I would be like, dad, it's not about the job. It's about the experience. It's about really immersing myself out there and learning and growing and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But to him, all he heard was, you're going out there to work. Mm-hmm. Why don't you stay here and work? Mm-hmm. And the little things that I would hear from my mom was like, I saw on the news that this plane crashed where you're going. Or like, <laughs> that's like, such a mom, it's such a Latina like, mom. Yeah. It's such a Latina <laughs> mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <For the pobrecita>. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's so many things that people don't understand. The hoops you have to jump through. I have to ask, though, because you're the oldest daughter, you said, yeah? Because weren't they relying on you for like 100% of everything at the home? Why would they even allow you to go when it's like, oh, no, we need you here? Because probably your sister can go. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's no problem. But yeah, we need you here. Oh my gosh, that triggered me. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's so true because <laughs> if my little sister were like, oh yeah, I'm going to go, yeah. like she would probably have it easier because mm-hmm. the responsibilities that I have are so much different than what she has. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait a minute, why do I have to be the one to not have these experiences because you mm-hmm. count more on me to take care of the family responsibilities type of thing. Right. So yeah, that's so true. I did have to find my little loopholes and ways I worded things and why I did the things I did in the way I did. It's because I know my parents and the way to get through them is like to do it. <laughs> You had more finesse than I did. I was more of just like straight on, like battle. Cause I have two older, I'm the only daughter. Ah. So I had two older brothers and a younger brother. It's like four years younger than me. And when I was, a senior in high school and he was in eighth grade. It was a senior in high school. My curfew was earlier than his. Oh yeah. Right. So we know this. And a lot of the listeners like, yeah, snaps. Like how did you get to go live abroad woman? Because (laughs) that just wouldn't happen. But you have this finesse. I can tell you have a way with words. I could see you going into leadership with a convincing people that it will be okay. And we're going to get this done and well, we're starting it. So just come on. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. That's so true. And also because it was this sense of freedom that I had felt, I didn't want to give that up. I was like, Mm -hmm. how can I get more of this? I need to like stand my ground, like be mentally prepare myself. The amount of mental preparedness <laughs> that I had when I had to talk to my parents, it took me like weeks to prepare mentally. Like, what am I going to say? And if they say this, okay, I have a reply. Okay. And if they say this and if they get mad, okay. Like I had like every situation played out in mm-hmm. my head. But do you see how now all of that training that you gave yourself, but just how to do something so simple that most kids that you know outside of the community, they do not have to jump through these hoops. But all of that is so huge in developing professional skills. Like, look how awesome you are on your feet, coming up with answers when you're in a professional situation, in a corporate situation, jurisdictional situation, where they're peppering you, it's like, I got this, I got this, I got this, because you had to do that as a kid 
trying to go out at night, trying to go with friends in a car, trying to stay yes. out late, you know, trying to go oh abroad, right? Your training is so deep that professional life is easy by the time you get to it. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so true, 100% con <laughs> Seriously. I mean, by the time I think we all become free from the like the family the family ties, it's like, oh phew, this stuff this is easy. Yeah, make money, no problem. <laughs> Get, you know, Correct. raise kids, no problem. Like whatever. Because we survived being raised in a Latina family as a daughter. <laughs> that should just oh be God. an entire series. <laughs> Literally, that could be like <laughs> My brain is firing off with so many different examples and more that I can talk about this because it's so true. And we can relate no matter how old you are, what your background is. If, if you share a similar experience, we, I, I understand you like Consuelo, everything that you're saying, I'm like, right. yeah, I lived that. And what I'm saying, you have lived through it. So it's like, yeah, like right. when you're a daughter of Latino parents, ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. That's the thing. It's like, It must be really important and powerful for you as a business coach to carry mm -hmm. that into the situation, especially if um, your clients are Latinas. You're just like, sister, girlfriend, you got this already. You should just like change the situation. It's like, okay, but what would you do if your mother was telling you no? <laughs> and then they would go, oh, well, da, 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 da. okay, well, just replace, you know, your client with your mother. <laughs> and you, a different side of you comes out where you're much more, I don't want to say aggressive, but you're, you're just much more self-assured and confident. And you're, you're going to go take this on. If we can translate that into our business situations or, or you know, marketing or you know, everything that tends to bring us a little hesitancy and fear. Like you say, that imposter syndrome, I don't belong here. Uh, what if people don't like this? Okay, well, what if your mother doesn't like it? Then you're like, oh, I'm going to show her I can do it. I'm going to show her it'll be okay. I was like, okay, then <laughs> that should be a business model. <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah that's so true all the skills can definitely translate mm -hmm. over and, and yeah it's it's the way you think about things like those examples that you're giving i'm like yeah that that's 100 true mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for your business and your business coaching what are you finding is the stumbling what what do you think is like a common oh this is where the difficulty sets in for um for women starting their own businesses This is such a great question. Um, I see so many patterns, regardless of who they are, where they were born, like the patterns are there. And one of the biggest things, including myself, you know, like I've seen this in myself as a community or us as first gen Latina entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. we set limits on ourselves that keep us playing small. And it, and that comes down to so many things like, I'm scared to shoot bigger. I'm scared to dream bigger because I'm, I'm scared to fail mm -hmm. or I'm scared to dream bigger because I'm scared that people are going to find out and I'm scared of what they're going to say. So I, I constantly see the limits that we are putting on ourselves mm -hmm. because of all these things. Um, 
like we, what we said before, like, oh, I'm scared that I won't even belong there. I'm scared mm-hmm. of that, you know, feeling that imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. fear of que dirá la gente. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes down to so many mindset blocks that we put on ourselves. And it's like, oh my gosh, when I'm coaching my clients, mm-hmm. I see them and I see so much potential. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are radiating potential. You have the resiliency. You know how to work hard. Us Latinas have a hard work ethic. You give us something to learn. We're going to learn it. We are so passionate about serving our community or helping others. Like that's all what businesses really encompass. But then when it comes time to execute, Mm -hmm. to put out a marketing plan or to execute, Mm -hmm. you know, what you want to execute in your business, they don't. Yeah. They procrastinate. They, they're scared to show up or, you know, and again, it comes down to we are putting limits on ourselves. Why? A big reason is because we haven't seen it done before. Mm. Like they are the first ones starting an online business. They're the trailblazers. When we are a trailblazer, it is scary. The road mm-hmm. ahead. No one has paved that for us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's ahead so much uncertainty i'm scared i don't want to feel those uncomfortable feelings so i'm gonna put limits on myself we're also very high achieving and we set very high standards for ourselves Mm -hmm. so if we don't reach those standards Mm -hmm. of ourselves we might feel like oh i wasn't enough or i didn't do enough it's like no it's that this is a new space you're learning how to navigate it embrace the journey and allow yourself to make mistakes Allow yourself to make those errors. It's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. If you don't fail, you're not going to grow. And that's where a lot of girls don't want to do. I don't want to fail. So they don't take the action. So they don't get the results that they want. So that's my coach. Like, let me break out those mental blocks. Let me help you push past them. Let me help you see your potential. And here's a clear action plan and a strategy plan that you can start executing to start generating those sales in your business. You have to look back generationally. It's like your parents. They were the trailblazers. They left everything they knew, everybody they knew. They left their jobs, their homes, their friends, and and came to a completely different country, not knowing the Mm -hmm. language, the culture, and everything. So there's trailblazing in our blood. Um, But once they get here, then, and I think we hear this so young that we don't even realize it's in our psyche or where it came from. But the idea that develops is, well, you don't want to let them down, therefore, because we've seen how hard the struggle was. We've seen the bias that they experience. We've seen the prejudice that they experience. And, and you get very protective. And I think where that high achieving comes from, because you want to excel in order to honor them for their yes. journey, for their courageous, ridiculous, what were you thinking journey? <laughs> you yes. know, they are awesome. And, and that's where that high achievement comes. But with that, like you say, the flip side is if I fail, if I don't do as well, there's two parts. One, I'm not honoring my parents. I'm not honoring their journey. But a second part might also be the, um, I told you so, you know, when you take that mm-hmm. risk, there's a cultural narrative in the risk taking, yeah. like, why did you have to risk? Why couldn't you just like your father yes. says, why can't you just work here? Why can't yes. you just keep the job? You have a job. Don't lose it. And even though you don't love what you're doing or it's a toxic environment or it's not your passion, you're being told don't risk 
because, you know, you have it and you know where that resonates because they took the risk and okay, now we're safe and they want you to be safe and they're watching you go take another risk. And they're like, what, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. You have given me complete goosebumps because it is, it is so true. Our parents literally risked everything, their lives and the lives of their children Mm -hmm. to come to this country wow everything that you're saying i'm like i mean that is there and that weighs heavy on us that pressure mm-hmm. so yeah it's so it's so important to note that like right where our parents are coming from and that's why they're so protective and why we're mm-hmm. so scared to go and do something outside of the norm mm-hmm. because our parents would never like uh like want to see us doing that like you said like why are you taking that <laughs> risk stay with the job stay with the benefits stay like yeah or our generation now, a lot of like millennials and Gen Z's are like bouncing around from job to job. Mm -hmm. And my dad finds that crazy, right? It's like, (laughs) why are you risking that? Why are you like, Mm -hmm. but it's because of what they went through. They they know the feeling of what it takes to risk so much that when they see us do it, they're like, what do you, why would you risk something Mm -hmm. like stability? Why would you, you already have stability. Why would you risk stability? Because that's something that they didn't have. So they value stability so much Mm -hmm. because they risked everything and us as children we got that stability thanks to them of growing up with education of growing up with yes we're able to get those jobs and have that stability but we're in a different stage of like okay we have stability and I'm so grateful for that but now we get to thrive. We get to chase our passions. We get to, that's another way to honor our parents as well. Like when our parents want us to be the happiest we can be, to be the best versions that we can be, we already have stability. So why not go that extra mile? Why not go out and like really fill our cups and, and adventure and do what we love. Mm -hmm. And that is like, my parents came here. Now we get to enjoy and do more Mm -hmm. for us and parents and for future generations Mm -hmm. and that's like where a big disconnect is with our parents and why they view our decisions as crazy um (laughs) why we do what we do so wow that that can also be another yeah whole episode wow yeah Yeah. whole series but you know it's it's like maybe seeing it as climbing this amazing mountain glacier something really epic and and your parents made it to this oh we made it to this ledge like we're safe here you know we're good but everyone gets to take their climb you know the next generation takes their climb and they struggle and they get ahead and they find Mm -hmm. their ledge Mm -hmm. because otherwise yeah that ledge gets known and everyone's in the same place and it's boring and yeah yeah, there's always going and and it's not boring to everyone it's boring to the people that carry that DNA. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> people in video will see I'm pointing. It's in your DNA. You have that wanderlust. You have that sense of adventure, that curiosity. Obviously, your parents did too, or they wouldn't be here. They would have been fine in their little ranchito and Durango and everything would have been the same. I'm sure their parents said, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, you know? <laughs> what do you mean you're leaving everything behind? And, 
to a place where you don't know the language and raising babies out there that right like yeah that my grandparents wow right I think that would be a story I think we have to go back like if we can, while we can, while we can, to all the abuelas and the abuelos and say, did you think my parents were crazy? You know, that would be worth a story because it's like, then I think we would get off the hook, right? Because yeah, anytime yeah. they would say, oh, that's crazy. It's like, well, let me call me abuela. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's fantastic. Um, so we know what you love doing for people. We know what you love doing uh, in sharing your knowledge and your support and your total empowerment, your vivacious personality just really must lift up everyone you affect. Mm-hmm. Um, you, yeah, you're living your whole life in spreading this knowledge, whether it's to go out and travel, whether it's to start your own business, whether it's to break cultural narratives. You're doing it on this, um, like, as it's, it's your everyday life. This is, this is you living your life out loud. Um, but what if, what if you had this one place, this portal that you got to, and you didn't know what was on the other side? What would you hope would be on the other side of a completely unknown? What would be your, your, your excited dream that could be on the other side of that portal? Ooh, I've never been asked this question. Ooh, it's making me like really think about, wow, what do I really want to see? Okay, so to get more clarification, you mean like in any aspect? Like mm-hmm. something that This really- is Claudia universe. Like, what does it look like outside of what you've known and grown through and developed here and you've been around the world, but... This is Claudia Braden working now. What does that look like? Wow. I'm going to share with you the very first thing that popped into yeah. my mind. Um, I call myself like a travelaholic, a wanderluster. It's this fire inside of me that I cannot scratch out of my system. And if I were to be, or yeah, like be opening up that portal, I'm thinking of people around the world, connecting with people around the world. And I know I've already like traveled parts of the world, but the world is so huge that I I, I just want to see how other people are living, their beliefs, how they grew up, uh, all these things when it comes down to like that one-on-one connection with someone a- a- across the world. Like I'm excited to meet people or be friends with strangers across the world. I think that for me lights me up in a way that that's when I want to open the, the the portal and be like, Oh my gosh. Let me put it into these words. The more, you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. So going back to traveling, I know I've already traveled to various countries But the more I travel, the more I know, like, I don't know anything about the world because then you start realizing there's so much more. Like every time I travel to a country, there's like 30 new opportunities that I like start thinking about. And then I go to a new place and then like 60 open and 100 open. And I'm like, oh, my God. So having it all just in one place, like you don't have to go, you know, take time to go around the world. You just go through the door and everything's right there. Yeah. I love that. Yes, absolutely. I see that. It's going to happen. 
you are just living all of you out loud all, all at once. It's just like the one life, which is how we should live. We shouldn't be siloing ourselves into, I can be this version of me here and this version of me here. And they're like, no, you have found the life where you're living all of yourself out loud every day, all the time. And people understand who exactly the authentic Claudia is. Mm-hmm. But is there something about you that no one would guess? Is there something about you that not many people would know? When like people meet me, they're like, oh my gosh, you have a way with words or are you extroverted? You're so social. <laughs> but it's like, I don't like the perception that I have of myself is still that young girl inside of me I grew up being very shy very quiet never voicing my opinions never voicing my feelings never voicing my thoughts and so that little girl has been with me and is still with me and I'm working on that but um that is a constant struggle and challenge that I'm working on and going through that people might be like really and it's the fact of like being vulnerable and sharing how I'm feeling, sharing my thoughts, sharing my opinions. I grew up bottling up my feelings because my family never spoke about feelings growing up for 30 years of my life. My parents still don't speak about their feelings. So um, I feel like that's something that a lot of people may not know just because of how I present myself. It's interesting because when I am speaking like on podcasts or I'm a guest, when I feel that safe space, which is a space that you have given me, Consuelo, I feel very safe. And that's those are the moments where I will share and express my feelings and emotions, which is something that I never do outside of a podcast or outside of a one on one conversation with another like entrepreneur. It is so hard for me to have these type of conversations outside uh, like in my day to day. And when I find myself in places like here with you, mm-hmm. I feel so safe and connected that I, I'm Consuelo. I know I can like reach out to you and ask you for advice, for guidance and share how I'm feeling and my thoughts. And it's very interesting. That's so interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe others might relate where it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. When we find that niche community, mm-hmm in our entrepreneurship journey or other like-minded woman, that's when it happens. That's when you will know most about me. Um, but if you ask my friends or family, they might be like, oh, that's what Claudia feels or thinks? Because I, yeah. it's so hard for me to voice and share that with them. And that's like, yeah, something that a lot of people may not may wow. not know at all. So yeah. Oh, thank you for that. That was precious. And thank you for being vulnerable. But you definitely are a vivacious personality. I totally understand the little nina. I totally mm-hmm. understand that. The shutdown that you receive as little, you know, being that little person, whether you're saying yeah. the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or callate or, you know, all the things. I was like, oh, my. It, it stays with you. It stays with you for a very long time so it's an honor for me to provide you this space it's like yes this claudia has to be out there in full <laughs> around the world full presence yes you light us up oh my gosh thank you for sharing that beautiful beautiful sentiment um i will always be here for you and i will always support you anything you want 
I will be a travel buddy. <laughs> I will say yes, go Claudia. Yes, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> I have the sign. There's a sign in my studio. It says Wanderlust. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give you one. You have it in your studio. Oh, uh, thank you so, so very much. This has been, uh, you know, every time I just meet these young women, um, meet our guests, I just don't know how I lived without them in my life before. It has been such a pleasure, so much gratitude for you sharing your knowledge, your life experience, your intimate stories that we can share about being the daughters of the Latino families. Holy hell. <laughs> yes. Just to laugh about it feels so good. Thank you so much for your time. It's been really a pleasure having you with us. Oh, thank you, Consuelo. I really enjoyed being here with you and the conversations that we have been having also behind the scenes. <laughs> and like here, thank you for this space. Again, it, it, it's such a safe space that really allows me to feel like myself, my authentic self and feel very supported and loved. So thank you. Beautiful. Authenticity is your superpower. You are needed in this world. So stay out there <laughs> with us. All the best for you. Continued support. Keep us in tune. Tag us in a couple of your um, adventures. Let us know where you're at. Did I not tell you? Her joy and happiness, it just gets you up and moving. Gets you wanting to get going on what you had dreams of and not back down. Just keep going. Claudia is a fantastic coach. She is meant to be with people. She is meant to be here for inspiration. And we are so grateful that she shared her time with us here. Remember, you can find her on her Instagram at claudiavalenzuela.flores and on her website at firstgenlatinaceo.com. Now, next week, we have a really special, spontaneous surprise for you. I'm going to be broadcasting live. I won't even tell you from where. But if you were listening, it's Claudia's favorite place in the entire world. So we're disrupting our regular scheduled programming to bring you this live episode next week, which will be a perfect pod club episode. Now for the new listeners, our pod club episodes are like book clubs where we reflect back on what we heard the previous week. So we're going to be talking travel, we're going to be talking how it influences us, we're going to be talking everything that Claudia brought up that inspires her to go forward, feeds her inner soul, so that she can go and support all the amazing first-gen Latina entrepreneurs out there. So look forward to that next week. Make sure that you subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss any episodes. Then come right down into your iPad or into your phone. Or you could also listen anytime on our website at lifelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Encuentras your voice. You're born in beauty and we are here to listen to it. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time we take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out on our website at lifelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!